Do you know something? It is God's desire to bless you. And it is God's desire to give you all that he has. It is God's desire. God does not discriminate. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. I am so grateful it does not say, For God so loved all the good people. And it does not say, For God so loved a certain section. Or God so loved just the Jews. God so loved the world. God does not discriminate in his love. He loves all. He loves us all completely. God loves you perfectly. God loves you unconditionally without any terms and conditions. You know, the thing is, every relationship somewhere has terms and conditions. We don't say it, but somewhere in our subconscious mind, there are terms and conditions, right? We are conditional people. Even a mother's love is so conditional, oh man. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get married. You'll understand how your mother's love will change, how she'll become possessive. So every human relationship has terms and conditions which may not be a very conscious effort or a conscious thought, but it happens at a very subconscious level. Oh, how dare he talks to me like this? I'm not going to speak to him, right? Even our responses are so conditional. But God's love is unconditional. And his love is perfect and unique. The way he loves this person is not how he loves this person. Why? Because he knows how and what that person needs. So he loves you uniquely. And he loves you perfectly. And he loves you unconditionally. Without any discrimination. But the thing is, even if God has everything to offer to you, unless you are not willing to receive, he cannot force, forcefully give you. You have to receive. I can give you the best gift in the world, but if you are not willing to receive, it will still remain in my hands. God is not a terrorist. He does not force his love on us. He does not say, oh, do you love me? That's not how God works. God says, I love you. And I give you the choice if you want to respond back or not. And when we respond back, we call that faith. Faith is responding back to God's love. So if you don't respond back, that's like up to you. That was your choice. God made a decision. God made a strong, willful decision to love his children, the humankind. Everybody. The brown, the white, the black, everybody, the Asians, the Hispanics, everybody. God chose, he made a decision in his heart, I am going to love you unconditionally, perfectly, uniquely. Now, it's your decision, do you want to receive my love or not? And you know, the best thing that you can do for God is to receive his love. You know, Christians sometimes can get too spiritual. Like Most Christians, if you find, you know, not talking about you guys. I'm, I'm talking about people who are, you know, I've met some people. Oh, I want to die for Jesus. I want to die for God. You know, if you start living for him, then you have the credibility to die. St start living. Learn to live. Learn to live. So the best thing that you can do is to respond to God's love and say, Lord, I know that I can't love you the way you love me, but I can say yes to your love. That's the most humble thing that you can do. 
Oh, we all want to love Jesus. Oh man, we all want to love. You know what religion is? Religion is you do this, you do this, and religion will tell you formulas and principles on how to love God. Where Christ came to tell you that God loves you. Religion will tell you how to get to God. Christ came to tell you that you are reconciled to God without doing anything, nothing. And that's why that gospel is so offensive. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You're reconciled. You're perfectly loved. But if you want to experience that, you need to say yes. You need to say yes because God does not forcefully love you. Just imagine I bring a chocolate and just put it, stuff it in your mouth. You you wouldn't call that love. You know we have such kind of lovers in India, right? Yeah, who stalk girls and yeah, creeps. But Genesis one twenty eight, you shall take dominion over every creeping thing. So, <laughs> take dominion. Amen. God loves you. You have to believe it. God loves you. God loves you. Oh, but then, if God loves me, why am I going through this? Let's talk about that. If God loves you, why are you going through that? Because you allowed it to happen. You said yes to it. Anything that happens in your life happens with your permission. Anything. So, the more you partner with God, you allow God to work in your life, God things begin to happen in your life. God things begin to happen in your life. Amen? So, it's a privilege, my friends, you know. Christianity, the gospel of Jesus is not to get you to heaven. The gospel of Jesus is not to get you to heaven. That's not the ultimate aim. The ultimate goal is not, oh, one day we'll all go to a fairy land. That's not the ultimate goal. The goal is that you will have a relationship with your father. Jesus died so that you could be reconciled to the father. Just imagine, you don't have a relationship with the father and you get to heaven. Wow, what an amazing time you'll have. It's like, you know, you don't have a relationship with me and you sit in my sofa. I'll be staring at you the whole day. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, watching my TV? Get out. You don't want to get to heaven without having a relationship. But here's the thing. Wherever you are, wherever you are, be it in Delhi, Dubai, America, wherever you are, when you have a relationship with God, that place becomes heaven. So don't just limit heaven to a geographical location. Expand your thinking. Heaven is where you and God are. For me and Betty, home is not the home that we have in Chhatrapur. Home is wherever we are. Tomorrow we go to some, we go somewhere else. That becomes our home. So home is not defined by a geographical location. All the geographical location is important, and I'm saying yes, there exists a place like heaven. But what I'm saying is, we are so fixated on the geographical location that we forget that it is the union that matters. It is a relationship that matters. You can have a relationship with the creator of the cosmos. Huh? You know why? Because he calls you son and daughter. Just imagine, one of the richest person, Jeff Bezos, the Amazon guy, he comes to you and he calls you, hey son, how you doing? And you're like, eh? why would you call me son? 
But I, if, if he does that to me, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, daddy. When are you writing off your inheritance? The creator of the cosmos has a relationship with you. And he calls you his child. Believe it or not. For the entire world, he is God. But to you, he is father. Through Jesus, he has become your father. That's the protocol. That's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. But the moment we come through Jesus, we experience the love of the Father. He's not an external being. He, you know, you have to change your picture of how you see God. Most of us see God as a judge. A grumpy old man sitting on a, you know, chair and judging everything you're doing. Bad. Wrong. 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 That's the picture of God that we have. God has better things to do. He's not the accuser of the brethren. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. Do you know God does not accuse you? You're thinking that God is the one who's accusing you. God is making you feel guilty. But God does not accuse you. He has better things to do. The accuser of the brethren is the devil. God is your father. He is for you. Just imagine, you know, one day I'm five years old and, you know, I'm, I, I mess up something at home. And my father says, oh, because you messed up, I'm kicking you out. Man, what kind of an insecure relationship, what, what kind of an insecure atmosphere I'll be living in if I will always be doubtful if I do something wrong, my father will kick me out, right? And that's the kind of insecurity we have in our spiritual relationship with the father. If I do something wrong, he'll kick me off. So let me just pray. Or let me just plead with him. Let me just read the Bible. Why? So, so that, you know, I'll be on his good books. God does not love you because you are in his good books. God loves you, period. Full stop. Keep a full stop there. God, God loves you because you are his child. You cannot do anything to become lovable for God. Oh, you cannot do anything to become lovable for God. God, look at me. I, I, I gave so much money to the charity this week. No, you don't become lovable. You cannot do anything. It was God's decision to love you. He made a decision, unlike ours, you know, where our decision keeps changing. He made a decision to love you. He said, I choose to love you. I choose to love you unconditionally. I've seen your good. I've seen your bad. I've seen your weaknesses. I've seen all at all. I've seen your entire report card and I'm still choosing to love you. by Because you are my child. God is for you. He's on your side. He is not the accuser. So even, even when you think of God as a judge, you have to believe that he is on your side. He is for you. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for you. God is on your side. God will fight for you. He is not the one who is accusing you. Don't let the devil impersonate God in your life. You're letting the devil impersonate God. 
and you think it is god who is judging you who is accusing you who is condemning you who is making you feel bad who is saying fix your life and then come to god when has god ever said fix your life and come to him if you could fix your life other than god then why do you need god it's like if you could clean yourself without water why would you need water how many of you before taking a shower wash your ha- washes your hands and washes your legs because i'm going to take shower so let me just wash myself clean <laughs> what would you call heights of foolishness insanity if you could fix your life without god and you think you will come to god when you have fixed your life why would you need god we can't say with me i can't i can't fix my life i can't fix my life on my own that's why i need him i want to come back to him you know when i was 21 years old i'm talking about myself when i was 21 years old you know i would mess up so bad and then i would be like okay you know what for one week i'll try to live a holy life and then i'll pray because god will not accept me now but yeah one week of holiness yeah then he'll accept me so one week i'll try i don't want to do this ah, no 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 you know relationship spiritual relationship went like a wave and up most times down and then suddenly when you go to church you experience a you know one you hear a wonderful message you you're in worship and you're all cry oh god forgive me you go on high one thing that set me free from the ups and downs of spiritual relationship is when god told me our relationship is not based on what you do our relationship is based on who i am sam i am love you need to believe that i love you because i am love that's who i am that's who i am that's all that i can do have you have you lit a fire and then put your hands in the fire and the fire be like no i won't touch you i won't burn you because you are so and so person no fire does not discriminate fire is fire so the moment you touch it will burn because that's his assignment that's what it does that's what its nature is so similarly when you encounter god you will experience love you have to experience love because he is love he does not know what else to do he is love god is love oh then if god is love then why am i suffering if god is love why is he punishing me that's the big question so people see the suffering and believe that god's love does not exist do you know that god hates sin do you know why god hates sin because he loves you god hates sickness you know why because he loves you what does that mean because sin destroys you sickness destroys you and god hates anything and everything that harms you and that's why he hates sin and sickness from his entire being it's his love for you that is shown in hatred towards sin and sickness a father has a child imagine with me a father has a child who has cancer the father hates the cancer as much as he loves the child why because the cancer is killing the child the father hates sin because he loves you because he knows that the sin is killing you from within so he hates the sin so in fact god's love is god's wrath 
God's love that is for you is God's wrath that is coming against you. God's wrath is coming against all of those things that is destroying you. So the same degree by which God loves you is the same degree by which God hates and is angry towards those things that is bringing harm to you. How many of you know that there's fire in hell? You know? Okay, if you don't know, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's fire in hell, guys. Yeah, you, you don't want to be there. <laughs> but understand this. The same fire that is burning in hell is the same fire that is burning in heaven. God does not do discrimination. God is not like, oh, because this place is hell, let me put a different kind of fire. No. The same fire that is burning in hell is the same fire that is burning in heaven. And that fire, the name of the fire is God's love. What people enjoy in relationship with God, and they call that fire love, is the same fire that people are terrified of. Let me explain. A boat that is on the waters. When the boat has positioned itself with the flow of the wind, the wind becomes its friend. It feels like, wow, good. This is effortless. Wow. I don't have to make an effort. The force of the wind is leading the boat. Now, if the boat for some reason positions itself against the wind, the wind is doing the same thing. The wind hasn't changed. What has changed? The posture the position of the boat. The wind is doing the same thing. So the same love that God has, God is still love, but because we have positioned ourselves, the same love that we need to feel loved and cared and nourished and cherished, that same love becomes like torture. Why? Because this heart has not been dealt with. So one morning, this has not happened, but I'm giving an illustration. One morning, Betty tells me, take out the trash can. I don't take out the trash. And she is upset with me. And then she's thinking in her head, oh man, this guy does not do anything that I ask him. You know, he never listens to me. She's, she's angry. She's upset. And you know, when you're angry, you're thinking on a certain tangent, right? Doesn't happen to you guys? Wow. <laughs> Heavenly people. <laughs> so, I have no idea. That she's angry. I'm ignorant. I forgot about it. I have no idea that she's angry. I come back home after work. I bring her flowers. She's not happy. Because I don't know. Right? I have no idea. I'm just being who I am. I want to love her. So I love her. I bring her flowers. I bring her chocolate. She's still not happy. She's still angry. She's Why? Because the morning's episode, she's still processing and she's deal still dealing with it. And she thinks, what an ignorant guy insensitive guy. The thing is, the more love I will show, the more she'll get upset. Yeah? Haven't you guys been in a relationship? <laughs> just, just asking. The more love I'll show without dealing with the issue, the more she'll get upset. Why? Because of the offense that is in her heart. So the problem is not that I don't love her. Of course I love her. But she hasn't dealt with the issue. The problem is not that God does not love us. God loves everybody. But because we have not dealt with the rebellion, we have not dealt with our offense, we have not dealt with our hurt, we still suffer through the same things. What is the point that you get to a place called heaven and you're still struggling with, with jealousy? What's the point? What's the point you get to heaven and you're still struggling with lust? 
What's the point that you get to heaven? You're still struggling with anger. All the issues that you have on, on earth, you're still struggling with the same heart issues there. The place has changed, but you're still struggling. You see someone who has a bigger house, you still, isko kaise mil number kiya hoga. So just because your location has changed, your experience is still going to be the same. Why? Because you've not dealt with your heart. You know, many people feel like if they go to a different country, they'll, they'll become successful. If you're not successful here, you'll not be successful there also. You have, we have to learn to deal with our heart issues. You know, there was somebody who was driving the car and they went on the wrong side. But he does not know. He's on the wrong side. So he's experiencing that everybody, all the cars are coming against him. So he hears on the radio. On the radio, they do a broadcast announcement that there's one foolish man who's driving on the wrong side. So be careful. But this guy who's listening to the radio, no, it's not one foolish guy. <laughs> the whole world. <laughs> And that's how we live our lives. Amen. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is, God loves you. His heart is for you. He cares for you. He nourishes you. Amen. But you have to believe. You have to believe. When God says, He loves you. And if you don't believe, you're not going to experience His love. No matter how much He loves you. Because God created you in his image that you have the power to say no to God. Isn't that crazy? That when God created his children in his image, he gave them the power to say no to him. You have the power to say no to God. No, I don't want your love. No, I don't want your care. No, I don't want you to tell me anything. I will live my life the way I want. How is that going for you? How is that working out? But the moment you start saying yes to him, you start experiencing everything that God has for you. You begin to feel cherished. You begin to feel loved. You begin to feel cared for. Your heart issues begin to get transformed. You begin to feel better. The world is suffering. The world is not just suffering because somebody externally has put in stuff. It's because of their own issues of life. That they have not dealt with. You know most of the diseases are psychosomatic. It is caused by our heart and mind issues. You can, you can be bitter about somebody so much. That it will start manifesting in your body as cancer. You can get offended and get into bitterness so much. That that bitterness can manifest in your body as cancer. So if you don't deal with our heart issues. And how you deal with it. In that sense everybody needs therapy. And they make money out of it. It's a billion dollar industry. $200 per session. If you have a relationship with God, you don't need therapy. If you have a relationship with people, you wouldn't need therapy. So we are created for relationships. Why? Because God is relational. And we are relational beings. We are created for relationships, not just with God, but with each other. But it is in our relationship with God that gives us the strength to be with each other. Without this relationship with God, we will not tolerate one another. We will kill each other. You know, if it was not for my parents, I would have slaughtered my sister when I was 10 years old. I was so angry, but it was, it was my parents. You see, 
It is because of our relationship with God that we even tolerate, we have the strength to tolerate each other and we learn how to love each other through the imperfections. When you know that you're perfectly loved, you can love the imperfect person. We're all waiting for perfect conditions. When the conditions are perfect, we love. There are no perfect conditions. No church is perfect. No, no place is perfect. You'll always find imperfect people. But the assignment is to love imperfect people. Oh, you, you think that that boy is good. Marry him, then you'll know how imperfect he is. You think that guy has amazing ideas. Marry him and then, then think about the ideas that he comes up with. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, guys, it's like only when you get closer in proximity, closer in relationship, you realize that it's not as perfect as it seems. But we're called to still love. Love through the imperfection. How do you have the strength to love an imperfect person? When you know that you are perfectly loved. It is a love of God that flows through your life that you can become a channel to love perfect people. To love imperfect people perfectly. So God is not asking you to love perfectly. But God is asking you to love imperfect people. Love them. Love them. So if our faith in God is not revealed in the love for people, then something is wrong. How much have we learned to love? There was a man who had a vision of getting to heaven. And in the vision, God asked him, so, did you learn to love? And he was a big ministry person, you know, did mass crusades. And when God said, did you learn to love? He was shocked. What? Learn to love? No. Then Jesus said, go back. Learn to love. Learn to love. How many of these celebrities who have made money, fame, success, they're still discouraged? depressed, going through mental health issues, keep talking about not having peace. They have, they have earned everything that they could. All that we, we are thinking of. The richest man, King Solomon, if you count his wealth, he was probably more than a trillionaire. He in his book says everything under the sun is vanity. Everything under the sun is Vanity. And that is what happens to these rich people. They've achieved everything and they realize everything is vanity. It's so depressing. Everything is vanity. That's why look beyond the sun. You have to look beyond the sun. Look at the sun. Then life gives you meaning. Because you can, hope, you can have hope in him who is beyond the sun. You just look at your you know, subjective experiences of life and be like and this is, what did I gain out of this? But look beyond. Look beyond the sun. Look at the sun. Amen. How much time do I have? Can I begin now? Okay, let's begin. John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. So that was just the introduction. Um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy? The thief. The thief, the word thief comes from the Greek word kleptos, which means a bandit, thief, or a scam artist. Have you heard of the term kleptomania? I, I read it the first time when I was in 10th standard. Kleptomania. Kleptomania is a disease. It's a sickness where a person is compelled to steal. 
even if he does not like he does not have will power over it if he sees something he'll steal it it's a disease and some people have it not in the church but some people do so the bible says that the devil is a kleptomania he has an issue of stealing what does not belong to him he's like a thief he's like a bandit and he is flawed and he is defected to steal he can't constrain himself his nature is to steal the devil wants to steal because that's who he is the word kill comes from the greek word thuo t h u o which is a religious word which means to sacrifice to sacrifice so what is the devil wants he wants to steal and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy the word destroy comes from the greek word apollumi which means to ruin waste trash devastate or liquidate the picture of destroy is like when a lion has killed its prey and he has completely finished the prey and now he is enjoying the juices why i'm showing you that picture is the thief is not coming in your life just to give you a headache the motive of the devil is to kill you and destroy you he has no problem in just holding off your promotion that's not why he is coming there for if even if he is holding off your promotion that is so that he can destroy you his ultimate aim is to destroy you he does not like you my friend you cannot become devil's friend he hates you he hates you and he is completely devoted to destroy you to bring destruction to you he want to consume you completely and how he does that is using our heart issues all the heart issues that we have jealousy envy anger strife all the heart issues that we have he uses that to come into our life and to destroy us completely he wants to finally kill you that's his aim that's his agenda am i making sense so when you have a headache and you think it's the devil i'm telling you yes it's the devil but understand the devil does not devil is not just concerned about giving you a bit of inconvenience the devil is there to kill you so if you meet somebody who is who has committed his life to destroy you how will you react will you be like i'll show the other cheek you know wisdom is to know when to show the other cheek <laughs> the thing is you're showing the other cheek to the wrong person so when the devil comes to steal kill and destroy don't show the other cheek don't invite him for a cup of tea and be like sit on my sofa let me let what aap aur kya lenge don't make him feel comfortable if you know that the devil has intruded into your life you need to rebuke him and get him out if a thief comes to your house do you give him chai do you make him feel comfortable but you you are thinking yeah the devil came because the door was open even if the door was open and that was your mistake but him entering without your permission is illegal so he needs to get out 
So tomorrow, because your house was open, somebody else came in and sits in your sofa, won't you ask him, what are you doing here? You don't have authorization here, get out. So why do we entertain the devil? Pastor sahab, Pastor sahab, the devil has been like really, really persecuting me, like really torturing me. Yeah, so why are you entertaining? Tell him to get out. Tell him to rebuke. You rebuke, he will flee. The Bible says, rebuke the devil and he shall flee. Most of the issues that is happening in our life is because we are still entertaining them. We're still comfortable. Have you heard the story of Jacob and Esau? Isaac was supposed to bless Esau, but then Jacob was blessed. Now Esau is angry and Isaac tells Esau that you will become a slave to your brother. But one thing he says, the day you become uncomfortable, you'll break the yoke of your brother. The reason why we are still stuck in the same issue is somewhere we are still comfortable. We're still stuck in the cycle of poverty is because we're still comfortable staying there. We're still stuck in the cycle of a habitual sin or a sickness is somewhere because we're still comfortable. It's okay, you know, God loves me still, right? It's okay. And you know what? God does love you still. But the question is, the day you say no and you want to get out of it, you can get out of it. Because God will give you the grace and the power and the strength to break that yoke. So if you see that the devil is intruding in your life and he is doing harm, get up, become uncomfortable, contend for, fight for. Don't, don't, don't just remain there passive and be like time will heal everything. Time does not heal anything. Time does not heal anything. You know what time does? It just makes you forget. But the moment you remember, the same hurt. 1947 ka same hurt You'll feel the same emotions. Time does not heal. But what brings healing is God. So, get up and rebuke the devil. Get him out of your life. He has no authority. He has no authorization to stay in your life. His agenda is to steal, kill and destroy. So don't make him comfortable. You become uncomfortable and rebuke him. Amen? So, if a thief comes into your house and you saw the thief, how polite will you be? Please jaiye. Will you be polite? How will you be? You'll shout from your lungs, from the top of your lungs, you'll shout and you'll rebuke at him. You should do that. Our prayers are so polished. Lord, I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Are you rebuking? Or are you writing him a love letter? Rebuke. You would rebuke the, the guy who overtook you. How do you rebuke him? How does that, the intensity of your sound comes out so loudly? Rebuke the devil. You rebuke him. Why? Because his agenda is to destroy you. And he can only destroy you from within. So every time you find him, you, you get hold that this is the devil's work. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Any, any unrest in the family is devil's work. Let me say that again. Any unrest in the family, any unrest in relationships is devil's work. First rebuke the devil and then try to deal with the other person. The, the thing is when we deal with the other person without rebuking the devil, the issue is still there. So Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, we do not fight against flesh and blood. 
Why does he say we do not fight against flesh and blood? Because the Christians were fighting each other. So he says we do not fight against flesh and blood. Look beyond. There is a power that is controlling this flesh and blood. Rebuke that and then if you deal, the relationship will get sorted. So husband and wife, I'm giving you a marriage tip. Million dollar tip. When you have a fight with your wife, yeah, rebuke the devil first and then sort it out. See, that's a man with the revelation. Don't rebuke your wife. Rebuke the devil. Love your wife. Okay? So, any unrest in your family, any limitation in your finances, any health issues that you have, anything that makes you, that you can recognize that it's a limitation, that is not letting you step into the destiny that God has for you, that is from the devil. Rebuke it. Rebuke it. Say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I cancel every power or limitation over my life in the name of Jesus. This is the house of the Lord. My life belongs to Jesus. Devil, you have no authority over my life. You have to rebuke it. Not just say it in your mind. Pastor. If if a thief comes, do you just say it in your mind or do you actually open your mouth and say? So open your mouth and say. Speak to your mountain. Speak to the devil. Rebuke him. What's the next? The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Now this is Jesus. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's a desire of Jesus to give you life and life Abundant. Did you notice? He did not say, I came to give you heaven. And more heaven. He said, I came to give you life. That means, right now, over here, all that it requires is your yes. When you say yes, you begin to experience the same life that Jesus experienced. This is not talking about physical life. It's not even talking about the psychological life. It is talking about the spiritual life, the God kind of life, the very life that God has, you can have it. You can have it. All it requires is for you to say yes to Jesus. That's it. To say yes to Jesus every day. You can have it. Once my sister, she was young, two, three years old. She would keep poking her pinky, the little finger in the electrical socket. And my mom would keep protecting her. One day my mom was so irritated, my mom was like, let her do it. She will, she will experience the power and learn. And she did it. I was watching her from far. She did it. The switch was on. She got a little ele electrocuted and never again she has poked her finger into the electrical socket. If you haven't tried, try it once. <laughs> it's an amazing experience. <laughs> So here's the thing, for illustration's sake. If you take your finger and you poke it into an electrical socket and you switch it on, what happens? You get electrocuted. The electricity will not discriminate. Will not ask you, what's your pay? What's your package? No. If you have poked your finger in the electrical socket and the switch is on, you will get electrocuted. What did Jesus do when he died for you and when he resurrected for you? He put your finger in the electrical socket of God. 
That's what Jesus did. So now you are connected to the source whom we call God. You're connected to the source. And Jesus left it, giving you the choice. When you switch it on, you will experience light. When you don't switch it on, how is it going? Switch it on. Switch it on. That is what reconciliation means. That in Christ, God has reconciled you. You are reconciled to the Father. You have been plugged into the Father. So that whatever the Father has, you can have. Now, here's my question. Is there any poverty in the Father? Is there any sickness in the Father? Is there any envy, jealousy, strife in the Father? You can have the same kind of life and power in your life. All that it requires is for you to switch it on. And that switch is your power to say yes. Every time you say yes, the same power that God has, you start experiencing. The Bible says that the entire cosmos cannot hold God because God is so grand and so big. The cosmos is not big enough. But you know what? God created your bodies to hold the power of God. Your bodies are the most advanced technology out there. Oh, we look at chat GPT and we are like, oh man, wow, how, can, how could a man come up with the artificial intelligence? I'm telling you, your body is the most advanced technology that God has created. Do you know how children are formed? Oh man, I was shocked. 15 years old, when I learned how kids came out, I was shocked that a human body could do that. Human body has a capacity to carry God's glory. Human body has a capacity to carry God's glory. So Jesus did not come and die so that you could get to heaven one day. Jesus came so that you can have the same life that he has. And how he has, how you have, is because you have been plugged into the source. You're being plugged. So every time you say yes, same connection flows. So what's stopping you? Say yes. Say yes. The only thing that's stopping you is here. Your logical mind, your natural mind. Say yes. Say yes to God. Say yes to God and see the difference in your life. Say yes to God and see the difference in how the situations change. Say yes. All it requires is for you to say yes. You know, Romans chapter 8, the last couple of verses it says, there is nothing on heaven and nothing on earth that can separate you from the love of God. There's absolutely nothing. Bible says there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But here's the question. If God is loving everybody and there's nothing that can separate us from his love, no power, no demon, no sickness, no sin, nothing, then why are we not experiencing love? Why are we not experiencing love? Is that a valid question? You guys are staring at me. <laughs> Have you seen the sun? Does the sun take a break? Does the sun shine 24-7? Yes. But do you still experience night? Why? The sun is shining every day, throughout the day, 24-7. But why do we experience night? It's because the earth, the part of the earth where we are living in, has turned its face away from the sun. So even though the sun is shining, you and me have the ability to say no. So whenever we turn our face, we can 
even though the sun is shining we can still experience darkness why because we have the ability to say no so even though god loves you unconditionally uniquely perfectly it requires your yes there's no separation there's no separation you know one day i asked the lord lord why do you love us so much how how is there no separation because i don't pray every day i'm such a bad christian not great at relationships still learning why is there no separation and god said because i am the one who's holding on to you see if you you were holding on to jesus you could leave him whenever you you feel convenient but because he is holding on to you there's absolute guarantee that there's no separation god is holding on to you all that it requires from you is to you is for you to say yes say yes say yes amen amen so before you read your bible before you pray you have to believe with your heart that god is connected to you that you are connected to god you are reconciled to god believe with your heart so you pray from a place of connection i don't pray because i want to be connected no you pray from a place of connection so even before you pray here's the thing even before you pray believe that god has answered your prayer just believe god loves me so much he has already answered my prayer so you're going there excited you're not going there worrying and afraid you're going there excited you're going fully expectant and then when you pray from connection you'll see the result of your prayer prayer is not a miss hit and miss it is not hit and miss my friends i'm telling you every prayer that you make will have 100% result if you do it the right way if you follow the right protocols and i'm telling you the right protocol is this when you pray believe that you're already connected you have to believe pastor sam i don't feel it you don't have to feel it online friends you don't have to feel it believe it just believe it believe that you're connected and then pray so you're not praying for connection you're praying from connection amen you're not praying for victory you're praying from victory you're not praying for the answers to come you're praying from that the answers have come it, it's a paradigm shift when you start doing that every prayer will be answered 100% 100% every prayer because it is according to the word of god amen? amen one final thing and then i'll stop you know there are so many promises in the bible the promises for you to be blessed the promises for you to live a fulfilled life the promises for you to live a peaceful life meaningful life so many promises thousands of promises but here's a question if god has given you a promise what does that mean that it is god's desire for you to walk in those promises is that true god wants you to live a blessed life god wants you to live a prosperous life god wants you to live a healthy life god wants you to fulfill your destiny fulfill your godly purpose that is god's desire that's why he gave you the promise but here's the thing just because he gave you a promise doesn't mean it will happen you have to possess the promise look at the israelites 
they just got out of egypt and god had a promised land for them and the promised land was a land flowing with milk and honey it's it's the utopian idea of what god wanted to give them right the more closer they came to the promised land as long as they were in the wilderness they did not face any challenge the more closer they came to the promised land now they are seeing giants now they are seeing big gates now they are seeing big walls and professional archers and soldiers now they are afraid you have to possess your promised land and for possessing every promised land you have to break through that wall drive out the giants that's your mandate just because god has given you a promise it doesn't mean it will happen you have to possess it and possessing it will require overcoming the challenges that comes in front of you do you know jesus never said you will not have challenges jesus never said you will not be persecuted you will not have tribulation but jesus said you will overcome them i'll give you the strength to overcome them so you need to have an overcoming attitude if you see the giant don't run away because that giant is your food you eat giant for dinner that's your food so how do you eat giant for dinner you have to kill it so kill the giant every challenge is your promotion don't run away from challenge i was talking to somebody yesterday and they're like pastor sam this is like this work is so stressful i can't deal with it it is like it's it's causing me so much of anxiety and i looked at her and i said tell me one job that is not stressful you want the next promotion you increase your capacity to overcome the stress otherwise you'll remain in this position for your entire life you want to be promoted increase your capacity to overcome stress don't pray for god don't give me stress if you pray for god don't give me stress then go and beg because that's the only stress free job you you get what i'm saying any job that you have the more you're promoted the higher the challenges will be so don't look at challenges and escape face your challenges because they are your giants that will become the doorway to your promised land every challenge is an opportunity every challenge is god giving you a knock on your door saying this is your promotion time don't get afraid of challenges amen especially when you have to deal with your insecure heart your heart of fear and your heart of jealousy and your heart of oh you're feeling very uncomfortable go through it see it as a challenge i'll go through it i'll i see myself as an overcomer because god has given me the power to overcome it because jesus said i've come to give you life and life abundant so i have an i have an overcoming attitude i'll go through it don't make conclusions don't escape because if you escape you'll go back to the wilderness and go back to the mountain 40 years you don't want that you don't want to waste time just go ahead see a challenge face it face it with an overcoming attitude this mountain shall go amen, amen. you know the promised land was the city of jericho was surrounded by thick walls huge thick walls and once the israelites went to possess them you know as they started shouting praising god they started praising god these walls came tumbling down and i heard this that the walls tumbled down in a way which became a bridge for them to enter the city so the walls that is separating you from the promised land 
will become your bridge. It'll no longer separate you. It'll become your bridge towards your promised land. Amen. So don't run away from challenge. Overcome them. Overcome them. How do you overcome them? Three things I want to give you. One. In fact, five. Let me give you five. One. Eat. Second. Sleep. Wow. Doesn't sound spiritual, so. Okay. Let me explain. First one. Eat. Eat God's word. Feed on God's word. How many times do you eat a day? Don't lie to me. You eat five times a day. I know some of you. You, 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 you need strength for your body, right? Just like that. This is what gives you strength. You have an inner man. You're not a physical body. You're a spirit being. And that spirit being gets strength from God's word. So eat God's word. Jesus said, don't work for the food that perishes. John chapter 6. Don't work for the food that perishes. Eat God's word every day. How many times should you eat? How many times do you eat? Similarly, eat. Eat God's word. Second, sleep. Do you need sleep? Do you need rest? Yeah? Don't be sleep deprived. Sleep. You know, the Bible says when the storm was raging, Jesus was sleeping on the boat. That's a wonderful example. So when you have a lot of problems, sleep. Just sleep. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 says, the peace that transcends all understanding. All understanding. You know? So rest well. Rest your body. Give me your practical lessons how to overcome challenges. Third, learn to laugh. Don't be so spiritual that you're serious all the time. Learn to laugh. Learn to have fun. Still you're staring at me. <laughs> Psalms 2 verse 4 says, He who sits on the throne laughs. Amen. You are sitting on the throne at the right hand of God. So you laugh. Especially when you face challenges. Look at the challenges and laugh. Ha ha ha. The challenges tell you you cannot overcome it. Ha ha ha. The challenges tell you you are not enough. Laugh at those challenges. Okay. Just one tip. Don't do it in front of people. Because they'll think you're crazy. Okay? Laugh at your challenges. The other thing with laugh is if you can move your body. Dance. Praise and worship. Praise and worship is so powerful. This year, oh man, this is one thing that has given me such a breakthrough in my life. Praise and worship. When we were going through the immense persecution in our church, every morning I'll put on a praise song and I would be like, let everything... There has bread. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what it does is, I'll tell you what it does. Your mind wants to be joyful, right? Your mind and heart, you want to experience joy in your mind and heart, right? So by faith, when you tune your body to be joyful, your mind catches up to your body. That's the simple science behind it, okay? So praise and worship is a powerful thing. That's the third one. Fourth one, fellowship. Be planted in a church. Meet with godly people and have fellowship. Every association in your life will either add to you or subtract from you. So be very careful whom you fellowship with. Have good friends. Look at somebody and say, you need to have a good friend. Have good friends. You're created for relationships. Have good friends. Good friends that will bring life to you. If you, if you take a piece of coal... And you put it with the coals that are burning. What happens? 
automatically the piece of coal starts burning. That is what fellowship will do. So fellowship with people who are already on fire. Fire. That's why be planted in a church. Come for fellowship and be on fire. No matter what, what kind of coal you are, no matter what grade of coal you are, if you fellowship with coals that are on fire, you will be on fire. Amen. So how many points did I give you? Four. Okay, let me give you one more. The last one is praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues builds your capacity. The Bible says that speaking in tongues edifies you, meaning it builds your capacity. If you read Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse, from verse 16 onwards, Paul says, Lord, I pray that you will strengthen our inner man. According to the riches of your glory, you will strengthen our inner man. So a strength comes from within. A spiritual strength comes from within when you pray in tongues. It's a wonderful gift. Pray in tongues. So what are the five things? One, eat God's word. Second, sleep. Sleep, I mean like literally, you need to catch enough sleep. Rest, rest. Third, laugh, have fun, praise and worship. Fourth, Fellowship with people who are on fire. Last one. Praying tongues. Praying in tongues. Really powerful. And the thing about praying in tongues is not just, don't just pray for like 10 minutes. Do it for an extended period of time. Have you seen an aeroplane taking off? When the aeroplane needs to take off, it needs to build enough momentum for it to overcome the law of gravity. Right? Aeroplane cannot take off if it builds a momentum and then stops. And then builds a momentum and then stops. That's, that's how mostly our prayer lives are, right? We pray. And then we pray. There's no momentum. Build a momentum through consistency, right? So pray for a long period of time. And I'm telling you, if you can keep praying for a long period of time, you will, you will, experience, a, uh, you will experience something that I say that. You will not know where you are. You'll forget all the troubles that is troubling you in the moment. In fact, when I start praying, and I'm praying for a long period of time, my goal is to pray till I get to a place where I can't stop praying. You can get to a place where you can't stop praying. Then you have to intentionally make a choice. Now you have to intentionally make a choice to start prayer, right? You can get to a level where you have to intentionally make a choice. Sam, Sam, enough, now let's sleep. That's a good place. That's a healthy place. Because then you realize that nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you. So pray for an extended period of time. Not 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm telling you, you can pray for hours. But begin with one hour. Put on your timer. Put on a timer and pray. Pray, just pray. So you prayed, you feel like you prayed for one hour and you look at the timer, it just says five minutes. So close your eyes, pray. Forget it. Don't get distracted, but pray. What happens is you're building your capacity. As you build your capacity, so maybe you can start with 15 minutes nonstop. Start with 15 minutes nonstop and then stretch it to 20 minutes and then stretch it to 30 minutes, then stretch it to 45 minutes. But if you can stretch your capacity for praying for long hours, I'm telling you, you can experience supernatural things that cannot be explained with words. Supernatural. You will have supernatural ideas. You'll be so productive in your office and workplaces. 
you will see that time has somehow come into your control. That you are, you are doing things where other people take a week, you finish in like one day. Okay. So don't say, I don't have time to pray. If you make time to pray, if you make time for prayer, you'll have time for everything else. So stretch your capacity in prayer. Speak in tongues. Now, if you don't have the gift of tongues, you should come to your pastor and get prayed for. I'm serious. Don't, don't get comfortable. Oh, I don't have it. No. If you don't have the gift of tongues, I have 100% record of whoever I prayed for has received tongues. 100%. Because all it requires is the right teaching. That's it. With the right teaching, everybody can speak in tongues. You have the Holy Spirit if you believe in the gospel. Everybody can be activated. The Holy Spirit does not do discrimination. You can be activated. Speaking in tongues is powerful. And the thing about speaking in tongues is you will realize that you're speaking in tongues throughout the day, even without you realizing. It happens at a very subconscious level. It will heighten your spiritual senses. Amen? You'll do crazy things. So, eat God's word. Sleep. Laugh. Laugh is praise and worship, okay? Laugh at your challenges. So, it's not just, you know, how the uncles laugh in the morning. That's, that's not the kind of laughter I'm talking about. Right? Praise and worship, laughter, and fellowship. Fellowship with people who are on fire. Last one. Praise. So, if you do not remember anything, at least remember these five things, okay? Okay, come on. Let's stand up. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Will you pray with me? Just take a moment just to open your mouth and just start praying. If you can speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Not mildly, but come on. Give in, give in your thrust from the top of your lungs. Be confident. Be bold. Speak it out. Speak it out. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Pray, pray, pray. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Yes, thank you, Jesus. Let it flow. 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 Switch it on, guys. Switch it on. Let it flow. Let it flow. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, streams of living water shall flow. Streams of living water shall flow. Streams of living water shall flow from within you. Let it flow. Jesus, yes. Father, we speak that you will strengthen our inner man. Strengthen our inner man according to the riches of your grace. Strengthen our inner man. According to the riches of your grace, strengthen our inner man. According to the riches of your grace, strengthen our inner man. 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 According to the riches of your grace. According to the riches of your glory. Strengthen our inner man. Strengthen our inner man. Strengthen our inner man. So that we will comprehend the dimensions of the love of Jesus. We will understand the dimensions of the love of Jesus. Father, we want to receive your power. Power to understand the dimension of Christ's love, the height, the width, the depth, and the breadth of the love of Jesus. That how far reaching is his love, how inclusive is his love, how perfect and unconditional is his love. I pray in the name of Jesus that the power of God will increase a capacity to understand, to understand, and to receive the fullness of God. To receive the fullness of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that no one 
that not one person who has entered this building will leave back the same but they will be encountered by your love and your power if there's anybody sick over here i declare the healing of jesus right now in the name of jesus be healed be healed be healed be healed the power of jesus flows and heals you completely if there's anybody who's discouraged i speak courage i speak courage in your inner being courage 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 yes thank you jesus yes thank you jesus and i exalt thee i exalt thee and I exalt thee and I exalt thee oh Lord I exalt thee and I exalt thee and I
adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Praise the Lord. We give You all the glory. We flowing in our midst. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The presence of God is here right now and if you allow him, he'll do he'll do the heart surgery that you require in this moment. If there's a heart issue, if there's a, a root of bitterness that you feel towards somebody, if you feel offended, if you feel jealous, if, you, if there's a strife, if there's a relational issue within your house, within your family, within your relationship, your friends, just say with me right now, Jesus, Jesus, come. Come. Do the surgery in my heart. Remove this bitterness. Your forgiveness. Your forgiveness is all that I need. Your forgiveness. And say with your own mouth, say, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I release them. I release them. I release them. Amen. I see chains being broken. I see years of unforgiveness being released right now. hearts being set free. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, just stay in his presence just for some more minutes. Just forget everything. Just stay in his presence. Enjoy his presence. Enjoy his love right now. His love flows out for you. I can feel it like his love is becoming personal to some of you. Probably you're somebody who's never experienced his love and today is the day. Today is the day. Just say, yes, I receive your love. Just say, yes, I receive your love. And you begin to feel his touch. You begin to feel his love. I can sense it, a warmth. 
embrace of the father the father accepts you as you are the father says come home come home come into my arms i love you i care for you i cherish you i knew you even before you were born i chose you i marked you before the foundations of the world i have dreams about you just receive just receive just receive just receive thank you for loving us alone thank you for loving us if you're willing you can hear god speaking to you right now he'll speak to you in your heart so just be willing just be attentive right now he'll speak to you i can hear him say i love you you are my child i'll die for you i love you you are accepted 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 i love you my son i love you my daughter you are accepted you're accepted you don't have to be worried you don't have to live a life of fear just receive just receive my love my love my love for you is exceedingly abundantly above yes yes If there are people here who can experience god's love just say lord we love you just in response say we love you lord we love you respond to him back he loves hearing your voice Lord we love you. Thank you for loving us. 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 Yeah. Oh we love you. We love you, we love you, we love. You. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.